Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patra, dealing with my technical difficulties, joined by the patient, Harris Kermani, also dealing with my technical difficulties. Here to talk about this wonderful Thursday, nice little January, or sorry, February 17th slate we got in our hands. Decent amount of little games here. It's a nice little calm, cool, and collective slate we have, but how are you? And uh, sorry to keep you waiting. I don't know, not a problem at all. It's uh, I think I can stay calm and cool because uh, the wraps are up by 10 with like a minute left last game before the All-Star break, so that's nice. Plus, the slate is also the last one before the uh, before the All-Star break, so we get a little bit of uh, a send-off. Five games is nice. It's probably my sweet spot as well, so you know, looking forward to hopefully winning a couple of bucks before I get to enjoy the weekend. That's what we're all hoping, man. Right off into the sunset of All-Star weekend with a little bit of cash in our pockets. Virtual cash. It'll get sent to us a little bit after. But you're right. Five games. Nice little cool, calm, collective slate. I think five to five to eight is my favorite. I could deal at nine. Once you start hitting ten, things get a little bit frisky. Uh, anything lower than four, I'm like, okay, now nah, you, you you really can't mess up here at all. There's no room for error. So I'm looking forward to this slate. But before we jump into anything, quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Thrive Fantasy, guys. Head over there, check out thrivefantasy.com. You can download their app in the Play Store. You can get it in your App Store. But number one, it is the number one. Daily Fantasy Sports prop betting site for esports and all of your NBA action as well. When you head over there, guys, use the promo code ETHOS and you get a 100% instant deposit match on up to $100. Now, how do you play? You choose 10 of 20 available player prop bets, build your lineup, each prop is assigned a fancy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Rack up the most points, win your share of a prize pool. Again, use that promo code ETHOS. It is E-T-H-O-S. When you download it and sign up, find it on www.thrivefantasy.com or just look in your app store or play store. All right, my friend. First game of the night, we have the Miami Heat traveling to Charlotte, taking on the Hornets. So this one's going to most likely have a good amount of fantasy value in it, especially for a Heat game. But Gordon Hayward, Cody Martin, Jalen McDaniels all ruled out. And then for the Heat, Jimmy Butler is questionable. Dwayne Dedman is out. Udonis Haslam and Caleb Martin are questionable. And then we have Tyler Hero, Markeith Morris, Victor Oladipo all ruled out as well. Rise of right now, let's see what Vegas has to tell us. Game looks like it is coming in at 228. Pretty high for a Miami game, but Miami being favored by four points. I will pass it over to you. Talk about the Heat. Yeah, and I saw that uh, game total much the same. And exactly just that, 228 is not really a game total you see too often with regards to Miami. They like to uh, grind their opponents out and really slow things down. But really, it's all about uh, who's not here more so than who is. As you said, Tyler Hero is out, which opens up a lot of usage uh, for a number of these other guys over there. And uh, Jimmy Butler... I know he's listed as questionable, but I'm going to go ahead and say that it's likely that he doesn't actually end up playing. It just makes sense for him to be go ahead and be held out for our last game before he gets to go and hang out at the All-Star game, get his well-deserved recognition over there. But really, anytime you get any of these massive usage guys out, Kyle Lowry becomes the main guy that I'm always looking at. His price tag is always sitting at that like mid-6,000s, which is always a great spot for him to be able to rack up. Tons of dimes to be able to hit that value. Any of those like big 40, 50 games that he's gotten has been with either of Tyler Hero or Jimmy Butler out. And if both of them are out here, it's just an absolute smash spot to be able to take them. And that kind of brings uh, Bam into into play for me as well. I mean, he's had three straight 
incredible games for his price tag at this moment. And his price continues to be kind of in that mid eight thousands range, which has just always been a great spot for me to be able to take Bam, especially now that he is definitely far more involved with the offense. He looks back to his normal self, which is really what we've been waiting for. So at this point, those are my, the main guys. And then if you're looking to uh, see who the bargain basement guys are, it's between uh, Max Struss or Gabe Vincent. We'll see who they actually end up giving uh, the start to, because really that's going to help determine where the minutes are going to come from. But both those guys have always been really good value plays anytime they get the that 30 minutes look. So just look for who gets to uh, be the one to start it off. Very well said. There's not much more I can add to that. I agree 100% with everything you said. I think I'm on all four of those players. The only other guy I might throw in there would be Duncan Robinson. Uh, if Jimmy sits, just another guy where they're going to need scoring, they're going to need shooting. He, he will get the minutes. Obviously, he doesn't do much outside of scoring, but the Hornets have been absolutely terrible against three-point shooters, and if there's one thing Duncan Robinson is good at, is stepping back and hitting those threes. So, uh, well said, my friend. On the other side of the ball, looking at this Hornet side, uh, Lamella Ball coming in at 9-4. We always talk about it. If he's under 10K, he's in play. Don't love him in this Miami matchup, though. So with some other options that we could choose to spend up on, you know, whether you want to go to a Luka and a Bede or Giannis later on in the, you know, on the slate, you know, I, I, I probably opt to do it. Now, with that said, you'll be able to play LaMelo at that mid-tier price. There's not a lot of guys in that, like, you know, below 11.5 or 11K range that we have a ton of interest in, like floating. I'm like, I'd rather play him probably over guys like CJ McCollum, even at the same price tag. Uh, but I'm, I just don't see myself landing on him all that much. If anything, I'm going to go to some of these ancillary options, like Kelly Oubre at 5.9. The minutes haven't been great, but we know that at 5.9, he could pay off that price tag. I think that they're going to need him in this matchup. I'm probably staying away from the center position as a whole. And then if with Gordon Hayward out, we've been seeing P.J. Washington's minutes been a little up and down, so nothing that you can generally rely on. It's just tough to, you know, as good, looking at this game total, it's something we love. We want to run back some of these Miami pieces. It's just which pieces to do it with is the challenge because all these guys are kind of priced appropriately, and it's a super tough defense. Even with Jimmy Butler off the floor, potentially, we don't, we don't know, but I'm kind of with you. I do think he sits. Uh, it's tough to really feel confident in anybody, but I would say Oubre, P.J. Washington, Maybe a couple shares if you're building multiple lineups of Lamella. Yeah, right there with you. And look, Charlotte's coming off in an overtime game. They got a, a day of rest in between, but really, you know exactly where the uh, the major shots are going to come from, and it's really between Lamelo and Miles Bridges. Uh, I always like Lamelo, especially anytime he's below 10K. And as you said, the Miami defense is always stingy, but you know, without having some of their major pieces, they might be a little bit more open to be uh, scored upon. We'll see how that actually ends up, but you know he's going to shoot 20 times a game regardless. And look, Miles Bridges to me is just one of those guys that more often than not, I'll find myself taking just because I believe in that upside. Uh, I believe at under 8,000, I mean, you got to see what he did in the Minnesota game, but the problem is on the other side, you'll get those games where he drops, you know, 20s. Doesn't happen too, too often. I think his floor by and large has been pretty well secure. He'll get you somewhere in the 30s most times. So even if he uh, doesn't absolutely hit it, I'm usually okay taking with him, taking him. And it looks like uh, last game uh, with uh, Minnesota having a little bit more size, they ended up playing more Plumlee and Harrell. But I expect that uh, Kelly Oubre does get an opportunity to play kind of regular minutes in this game. Put up 13 shots in 25 minutes. I expect him to get somewhere close to 30 to 32 minutes in this game. And that gives him a pretty good spot to be able to get in and be at that small forward position. All right. Next game, Washington Wizards traveling to Brooklyn, taking on the Nets. We have the Wizards on the second end of a back-to-back, uh, and as well as the Nets. So no injury report for either. We'll start off here with the game total. 
219 and a half. Brooklyn being favored by three. Talk about Washington. Kyle Kuzma all the way up to 9K. Having another great game tonight, so I can't say he's not worth it. But let me get your take at 9K. Is he somebody that you consider? It's just one of those things where I think at some point I'm going to have to consider him just because he's going to keep shutting me up with his... uh, with his pure points totals, but honestly, it's just probably going to be another slate where I just end up not taking him. Uh, yeah, he had an absolutely monster game, but honestly, it's more the mid-tier guys. You know, we used to speak about Phoenix having those uh, 4,400 4, to 4,800 guys that are actually really underpriced for what they're doing now, and I think you're seeing a lot of that with this current Washington setup as well. Uh, you see Raul Neto getting the start, consistently being able to get somewhere close to 30 ever since uh, ever since Bradley Beal went down. That's a great spot. Denny Avdia is getting his minutes back, and uh, he's been consistently also getting up into that mid-20s. So all of those are solid value plays for me. Uh, I actually think the favorite of those would actually be KCP. Even though you know, KCP has those games where he can go cold, it's clear that his shooting is going to be incredibly needed, especially if Kuzma is going to become more of a point guard for him, which is really what's been happening. He's been kind of uh, been the secondary handler alongside Raul Neto, and it's been KCP that's been getting the shots as a result of it. So I mean, 15 shots in the game prior to this, 18 shots tonight. I put up 27 points in this one, uh, 27 real points, had 26 DK points in the game before that. So I think at that current price tag of 4,400, he's probably my favorite of that group. But any of those guys, I think, are in a pretty solid spot if you happen to land on them. Yep, those three mid-tier guys, Avdija, uh, Avdija I'm sorry. KCP and Neto are the three guys I had circled. Uh, only real three guys are considering. And fun part, they all have dual eligibility, so easy to build with them. I can see myself taking uh, two of them. Probably want to go with three of them, but I can see two of those mid-tier plays using that round out my lineups. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we know that you know Irving's going to be out. Ben Simmons is going to be out, most likely. I don't imagine him coming back just yet, right before the All-Star break. Uh, Joe Harris remains out. So they're going to keep trotting out these guys that they've traded for and guys that have been on the team. Uh, but there's three guys that I keep penciling and the only three guys I keep considering, which are Seth Curry, Cam Thomas. I prefer Curry over Thomas most nights. And I did that tonight. Uh, I haven't checked that Brooklyn score just yet. So I don't know exactly how that's working out for me. Uh, and then I don't mind taking a stab at one of these centers. Uh, I, you know, Drummond has the, I think highest ceiling out of all the centers, basically just Drummond and Aldridge that you could consider at this point. But Aldridge is having a fantastic game himself tonight, double-doubled with 18 and 10. I'll probably end up leaning Drummond over him just because one of those big Drummond games, explosion games, are bound to happen. But at 6K, you're kind of paying for, you know, that risk is is what you're getting because you can easily get you less than that 30. Uh, And you're at 6K in a GPP. You're really hoping for at least 35 uh, at 6K. So I'll probably end up going with more Cam Thomas and Curry than anybody and leave it there. Yeah, that's completely fair. And I mean, Andre Drummond did it tonight, but he did it in just 22 minutes where he dropped 11 and 19. So, you know, you can get uh, the big rebounding games whenever he gets that opportunity. So we'll have to kind of see how that works out. But it was James Johnson that ended up drawing the start in this game, got 31 minutes. And I mean, if he's drawing the start again, he's very easy, easily capable of putting up the kind of stat line that he did tonight. You know, 14, 7 and 5, a steal in there. He's always been a, a big Swiss Army guy multiple teams that he's done really well on so he's the guy i've got my eye on from a value perspective i mean anytime as we've said a number of times a guy who's sitting in the 3000s get a not gets an opportunity to start and will be getting decent usage there definitely in play uh, you, you hit the nail on the head as far as cam thomas seth curry are concerned you saw that tonight as well both of them essentially hit their value both of them are getting anywhere between 14 to 20 shots so nothing wrong there's just so many plays that i think have a 5x 
floors really given their prices at the moment. So it's really about who you think is really, really going to go off. Uh, this Washington-Brooklyn game is probably going to be a pretty high-scoring one as well, just given how both teams love to run. They're going to be missing a lot of their main guys, so their secondary options are going to have to pick it up. Uh, I think that actually comes at the at the uh, negative side of Andre Drummond, because anytime you get a running lineup, you end up sitting him a lot more than that just because he can't keep up with those kind of situations. And that's when someone like a James Johnson or Bruce Brown, those guys end up coming in playing small ball centers. So I kind of see a little bit of that happening, given Washington isn't really a big size team. Thomas Bryant while having somewhat size, hasn't really been getting his minutes uh, up there as well. So, yeah, let's see. Uh, James Johnson's my favorite, and we'll stick with Seth Curry and Cam Thomas as well. All right, my friend. I'm glad you mentioned him because that is a great call. Uh, next game, Dallas Mavericks traveling to New Orleans, taking on the Pelicans for the Mavs. Reggie Bullock, Trey Burke, Frank Nittikalina, all questionable. Marquise Chris, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Theo Pinson have been ruled out. And then for the Pels, Kira Lewis, Larry Nance, Zion, the usual names over there, all ruled out. Game totals 217, Dallas favored by three and a half. Lead off with my Mavs. <laughs> I was going to say, is this going to be one of those Luka games? He hasn't really done well against the Pelicans up until now, but you know, it's just one of those where he just needs to get it going. Uh, plain and simple, it's just one of those uh, one of those Dallas games right before the end of the break. You want to go off on a high. He's definitely in play. I, I wouldn't say he's my favorite stud to be able to go on. I actually think I may just prefer saving some of that money and taking like a Lamelo and Kyle instead and kind of figuring out what the rest of these pieces. But I think it's Jalen Brunson, by and large, who's just, to me, consistently been underpriced ever since the uh, Porzingis move. Uh, his minutes have just been skyrocketing. He hasn't been below 37 minutes in any of the last three games. Uh, his shot totals have remained pretty much the same, but with the minutes total, those ancillary stats are taking a positive bump as well. So um, his floor has been just super secure, and we've seen him get up to uh, get up to 40s pretty consistently when he gets his shot going, which hasn't really happened in uh, two out of the last three games, but still been able to consistently hit that value. So he's one that I'm looking at. And in general... I've always liked Maxi Kleva. You could probably speak to more about it as the as a Dallas fan on it, but he got 35 minutes in the last game as well. Uh, he's always been that guy who has moments where he just kind of disappears for a while, but when he's actually on, he's a huge asset for uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. I think he's going to be played more just in general over uh, Dwight Powell by and large, and at 4,000, I'm happy to go ahead and take that shot rather than someone like a Dwight Powell for 3,700. So those are kind of my main guys, and... Uh, if you want to be a little sneaky and try to see what, uh, you know, Davis Bertans can potentially do if he shoots well, got eight, 13 minutes in the first game with the Mavs, got the opportunity to put up seven threes in that time. If he can get up to 20 minutes, I'd be happy to be able to take him at 3,300, but uh, you could probably speak a little bit more to that. Well, yeah. And I think they're going to end up utilizing Bertans as the season goes on. And it could easily be one of those weird scenarios where they play him at the three a little bit here and there as well, especially if Bullock sits. Now, if Bullock sits, I think that definitely they can either do two things. Uh, they can either run a three-guard lineup, Dinwiddie involved a little bit more. They can run a you know smaller, small forward lineup or bigger, small forward lineup if they end up wanting to play a little bit of Cleaver, Bertans, and Powell all at the same time. Or what they could do is give their young rookie a little bit more minutes. And Josh Green has been playing a little bit more as of late, uh, 20 minutes in the past two games. Uh, would it shock me if he starts? I think they'll probably opt to go with Josh Green is what I'm thinking, you know, still getting these new guys acclimated. I don't think they'd be ready to just shake up a, a crazy lineup right before the All-Star break, just like that. So I'm keeping my eyes on that Bullock news, but I think he hit the nail on the head exactly with Brunson. I think Doncic is always in play. There's no doubt about it. I think he'll be lower owned on this. Like, granted, his price tag is 12-4, uh, 
Uh, and we do have Embiid and we do have Giannis going against each other in a big star-studded matchup over there. But I think Brunson, Kleber, and then just keep an eye on the Bullock news. I, I assume it's going to be Josh Green that draws a start. But, again, all three of those guys would get a little bit of extra run with Bullock off the floor. I mean, Bullock has been a regular part of this rotation ever since Tim Hardaway Jr. went down. In fact, you know, we're, you're talking about Brunson's minutes. Uh, over the past two games, we're looking at 40 and 37 from Bullock. Uh, I, I mean, that's 40 minutes that's going to have to get spread around somewhere. Uh, Sterling Brown might pick up a few of it, but I think they pretty much know what they have with him. It's kind of getting the young rookie, or not really a rookie anymore, second-year guy, Josh Green, uh, more involved. And at 3,400, I think you'll probably see about 28 to 30 minutes pretty comfortably. And then they'll probably split up the other 20 minutes in between Bertans and Dinwiddie, try to give those guys a little bit more run as well. Uh, on the Pelican side of the ball, Looking at this team over here with CJ McCollum leading the way at 8,500. It's an expensive price tag for a guy, but you know we're looking at pretty much a routine 40 points since he came here, uh, at least 50 in two out of the last three games, taking the shot attempts. Don't love the matchup going against the Mavs, but I don't think we're going to end up landing on too much McCollum. I wouldn't fault you if we wanted to. If anything, I might look at the slumping Ingram, who's obviously taken a little bit of a step back, but the 7,500. It's a little too cheap for Ingram. Now, he doesn't have that same ball handling responsibility. I think this team needs to get him a little bit more involved. Just because McCollum's there doesn't mean you can't let him be a playmaker for you. Uh, I think looking at Ingram, looking at Valanciunas, and then maybe even taking stabs at your guy Herb Jones, who's just, I mean, dude, I think he should be rookie of the year if Mobley wasn't in it. If Mobley wasn't in the running, I think he'd be, you know, I get it. Josh Giddy could triple-double. Uh, but Herbert Jones actually impacts the game and winning. Um there's no reason why this dude shouldn't be in the consideration for it. Those would be the three guys I'm really looking at. Fair enough. And speaking of the three rookies, I mean, you're forgetting Scotty Barnes in there has been impacting winning in a very positive way, getting to play 35 minutes a game for the Raps as well. Uh, but, hey. I, I, I listen, listen, I get it. I get it. I get it. No, I, I think Scott, this has been a loaded draft class in general. Absolutely. Uh, just talking about it. I mean, I think dating back to 2018 with Lucas draft class, these are probably the two best draft classes over the past, I don't know, seven, eight years. We were just talking about pure depth. But. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. The rookies have been insane. I, I spoke, spoke to friends a number of times about this, about just the amount of minutes and on average, the top like 10, 15 rookies are playing and it's far above like any of the rookies for the last like decade. So in terms of having NBA ready players, you're seeing that it's a completely next level that we've gotten in this last rookie class. So we'll have to see how it pans out. But yeah, Herb Jones has been absolutely awesome. Uh, he doesn't necessarily get you the big stat lines, as you said, but the, his defensive stats always keep him in play. His price tag is pretty solid for where it should be. He's shown the propensity to be able to get into the mid-30s to low-40s if he can get a couple of shots going alongside the rest of his defensive stats. But that's where uh, some of that inconsistent, inconsistency comes in. And you've seen that in the last two games where he's had you know, 20 DK points, 15 DK points. So you got to kind of be ready for that if you're taking someone like Herb Jones. But at 4,900, I think that uh, that downside is mitigated by that price tag. But I'm right there with you with Brandon Ingram. I think his price tag is way too cheap. And it's just one of those where, you know, when you get a new high usage guy in your lineup, you're going to put the ball in his hands and see what he can do and to see how he can help your team out in the short term. But as you said, for them to be in any way successful, and they are pushing to get into that play-in spot and have been playing much better since the CJ McCollum trade. So you know, Ingram will have to find himself getting back to his usual self. 
His shot attempts have actually been pretty decent. It's the ancillary stats that have really taken the downside. And not just the, the assist, his rebounds are quite a bit down as well. So it's just a matter of him kind of figuring out where his new role lies and where he fits in the offense. And at 7,500, if uh, everything else kind of works out, I do find myself sitting on him and I like him uh, better than a lot of these other kind of mid-tier guys. Although at that 7,500 price tag, it's between him and Miles Bridges for me. And I think I might be leaning towards Miles Bridges, but we'll see how things end up working out. Beyond that, I think that's that's pretty much it. And I'm never too uh, never too unhappy taking Jackson Hayes because he always happens to do pretty well for me when I take him. But it's always one of those where if you're picking the right game, <laughs> then he can do well. Otherwise, he'll just absolutely throw a uh, goose egg. So much more of a GPP play than cash, but he's always in there for me as well. All right. Next game, Philly traveling to Milwaukee, taking on the Bucks. Philly coming off of probably one of the worst beatdowns that we've seen all season <laughs> long. Uh, Grayson Allen is doubtful. Connaughton, George Hill, Brooke Lopez all ruled out. Wesley Matthews is probable for the Sixers. Harden, Miles Powell, Jaden Springer all ruled out. This game is coming in at a 225.5 game total. Milwaukee favored by six. Talk about the Philly bounce back. Yeah, well, Philly better have a bounce back because they uh, they owe me about $100. They just had to lose by 25 when I bet on them, and they decided to lose by 51. So, yeah, not not a great night as far as that's concerned for me. But Embiid himself was having a great night even in just the uh, 26 minutes that he ended up playing. So you know he's really raring to get back onto uh, the right page onto the right way before the all-star break comes. So I definitely expect him to have a, a monster game over here. He always gets up for these big matchups. Uh, Milwaukee isn't necessarily the best matchup for him, just given the fact that they like to run. They like to uh, be able to really push him out of that comfort zone. And Embiid is more of a slow the game down, dominate that kind of way. So he's not my favorite stud. I'd probably actually like uh, Giannis on the other end when we get to speak about him as far as like pure stud picks tonight. But he's definitely in play. And beyond that, you've just been seeing a lot of these guys get their you know, minutes and usage just all over the place while they try to figure out how things are going to work by the time James Harden comes back. So the only real two guys that you can rely on kind of night in, night out as far as minutes are concerned have been uh, Embiid and Tobias Harris. But even there, there's just not uh, enough offensive upside for me to really like any of these guys outside of uh, outside of taking Embiid. Although Shake Milton getting uh, 27 minutes in the last game, yes, blowout was all there, but he's just needed to be able to at least do something as far as uh, some of that secondary offense is concerned. So he might be a little bit in play for me, but that's more of a GPP dart throw than anything else. You said it perfectly, my friend. And I think Shake Milton was probably that random dart throw that I wasn't going to mention. And I think that we may end up seeing a little bit more run out of him in this game as well, simply because I think Doc Rivers is going to want to start utilizing Maxi off ball a little bit more to get just kind of prepared for when Harden does come into town and play. Uh, they already mentioned Maxi said that he's like, listen, I don't care if we're playing center, off ball, on ball. Uh, it makes no difference to me. I'm going to do what the team needs to win. But we all know that it's going to be James Harden that's going to be playing on ball here. It's There's no doubt about it. So just kind of getting him in his comfort zone and playing a little bit more off ball might be something that they're looking to do. And I think that it comes at no surprise that we're starting to see, you know, Cork Maz's minutes start to drift a little bit. You know, he did play 29 minutes right when that trade happened and Seth Curry got shipped out. But they're going to need to try to get, you know, some sort of continuity growing with this starting lineup. And I think that I'm not saying Shake Milton's going to start, but I do think that it's a good spot for him. And I do think that we end up seeing some good run out of him. Uh, just, you know, call it a hunch. Maybe I'm wrong here. But regardless, it's a dart throw. 3,500. You're not building, playing around them in your cash games. Uh, but in tournaments, it might be worth a stab. Other than that, it's probably just like you said, Embiid and Tobias Harris. 
Uh, on the Milwaukee side, I agree with you 100%. Giannis would be the guy around that 12K range that I do opt to spend on. Outside of him, I want to keep an eye on, you know, Wesley Matthews is going to be probable. He's another dart throw guy that they're going to need somebody on the wing. You know, with Grayson Allen doubtful, Pat Connaughton out. They're just running out of bodies. It's just that simple. Now, they did go out and sign DeAndre Bembry. Don't know if he's going to be – I think he's good. he should be available, right, I imagine. Um, he's not available on DraftKings just yet. But he would be another guy that will probably take a couple of those, you know, two minutes away. Otherwise, you know, it's probably just going to be a decent amount of run on Wesley Matthews. But Matthews isn't the guy that comes out here and projects to be a high point-per-minute player uh, or anything like that. So I can't see myself gravitating towards him too, too much. So I probably, if I'm playing Giannis, I'm probably not going to be opting with too much Middleton or too much Holiday. I think they're both very fairly priced. I think Holiday maybe a little bit underpriced with everything being considered. He'd probably be the guy that I lean to over Middleton, just a little bit safer floor. They both have very similar ceilings. Not the greatest matchup to necessarily play Bobby Portis, but if they're going to run and try to pull and beat out of his comfort zone, Bobby Portis is certainly capable of that. We know he's not afraid to take three-pointers, stretch and beat out to the three-point line. Uh, 6700 is a very fair price tag. He crushed the Sixers earlier in the season. Granted, that was with pretty much out without all the Sixers starters. So Embiid wasn't playing. Tobias Harris wasn't playing in that matchup. So not too much to really take away from that. But all in all, I think I'm looking at Giannis. I'm looking at Portis. A uh, little bit of Holiday as well, but only in lineups. I'm not playing Giannis. And then if you need it, I guess we could look at Wesley Matthews if he's going to be playing minutes. Yeah, I agree completely. And as much as I said that Giannis would be my favorite stud, he's still not showing up in a lot of my lineups, just given how I'm finding that uh, some of these other uh, kind of mid to high tier price guys are kind of fitting in to the rest of uh, how the lineup's looking, but I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Drew Holiday was probably my favorite guy as far as this uh, Milwaukee team right now is concerned based on the current prices. Uh, Bobby Portis is always in play, but he said, yes, he had a great game. The first one It was only against Hunter Drummond. So yeah, I mentioned uh, that aspect already. So he's probably not got the uh, nicest upside given that you have to go up against Joel Embiid. Uh, Wesley Matthews. I've never really, like taking in general, but you know he's going to be able to get some minutes as long as the game stays relatively competitive. They like throwing him in a lot of these different uh, defensive matchups, and with Grayson Allen out, they're going to need a little bit more from him. So we'll see how that ends up working out, but uh, by and large, it'll probably be a little bit of Drew Holiday in this. All right, final game of the night. Houston Rockets traveling to L.A., taking on the Clippers. Uh, The Rockets on the second half of a back-to-back, but as we saw, there was no Kevin Porter Jr., there was no Christian Wood. They're both dealing with an illness, so those are two major pieces that we need to take, uh, you know, keep an eye on. Uh, and then for the Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Norman Powell, Jason Preston, Jay Scrub are all ruled out. Two twenty-nine and a half game total. This is the largest game total of the night. Clippers favored by nine and a half points. Talk about Houston for me. Yeah, and I feel like uh, all these guys owe me a little bit as far as DFS is concerned because I did play a good bit of Sangoon, a good bit of Jalen Green with uh, with Christian Wood being out in that last game and it just didn't uh, didn't totally pan out. And sorry, with Kevin Porter also out and he's uh, I believe he is officially out for this game as well. So that adds another another uh, wrinkle to that. But I'm happy to go right back to them because I believe that is a good price tag for me to be able to go ahead and take advantage of that. Sangoon's likely going to draw the start again. Uh, he's got a little bit more of a easier matchup, not having to go up against uh, Rudy Gobert on the Utah side, getting up now against Zubats or uh, Hartenstein or whoever they decide to play there. So at 4,500, I'm all in with him. Uh, Jalen Green, I just said a number of times here. I've always liked the opportunity to be able to take him because I think he has that kind of capability to be able to just get hot on any given night. 
but his floor still remains secure because he's going to end up playing those minutes. So even if he's not killing it for me, he's not absolutely destroying me. So both those guys are most definitely in play. And then it just comes down to who you kind of believe in from the rest. There's a couple of potential guys here that could do pretty well as far as minutes are concerned. Uh, Eric Gordon got 29 minutes in the last game as well. Uh, it depends on, again, how close this matchup stays. If it stays somewhat close, then you'll probably see a little bit more of Eric Gordon. Otherwise, you might see them end up playing someone more of like a Josh Christopher or more of a um, uh, more of a Garrison Matthews. So both of those are good dart throws. And of course, Schroeder, he only played 18 minutes last game. He just, uh, you know, that was his first game with the team. We'll have to see how many minutes he comes in on this one. But by and large, I just don't like taking him <laughs> as much as it would make sense given the price tag. I just would rather take Jalen Green and Zengun. That's just me. Listen, I don't fault you. I think I'm, I'm going to probably be all over Schroeder uh, just because I know that if there's nobody else to take the usage we've seen in the past, Schroeder is very happy to be that guy and step up and say, yeah, I'll take 18 shots tonight. Um, so I, I actually do see him taking anywhere between 15, 16 shots with, if we, I mean, Christian Wood's obviously a big factor, but like you said, I didn't see that news, but I'm going to go with you on that, that Kevin Porter Jr. has already been ruled out. So, uh, if they both happen to sit, sign me up. I'm all over Schroeder. I'm all over Sangoon with you as well. I'm on Jalen Green. I think those are the three guys I would consider. Uh, and this is even one of those scenarios where I kind of want to, I'm interested to see what Tate does because we've seen Tate be a little bit of a playmaker at times this season where he's not afraid to kind of play a little bit of, you know, point forward for them as well. And looking at his shot attempts, they're going to be up, you know, with no Kevin Porter, with no Christian Wood, someone's going to be shooting here. And it's pretty much going to probably be Schroeder, Tate, Green, a little bit, like you said, of Gordon as well. But, I mean, all four of those guys, I think, are just excellent plays when you're just looking at just their price tag. I mean, these guys aren't priced for the two I guess we could call them stars, not really stars, but two best players and highest usage players on the team being out. I'll, I'll be loading up on Houston. Um, I mean, some of these guys come in the same price point as some of those Brooklyn guys and some of those Washington guys that we were talking about. And hopefully we don't get all the news because that's going to be just lower ownership on these guys. So sign me up. I'm, I'm good with a lot of Houston. I'm going to be probably be all over those guys. Uh, on the Clippers side of the ball, for everything I just said I love about Houston, it's a little bit more difficult. Reggie Jackson now is all the way up to 6'8", and coming off of monster shot attempts game, so I get why. It's a great matchup. I think you're probably going to be on him. I know you're like our, our in-house Reggie Jackson guy, man. You love playing him. Uh, I do not, and I have him on a lot of fancy teams. I don't know why. Uh, I thought that was going to be a good idea coming into the season, but I do. And I love the matchup. I don't, I don't think anybody can deny the matchup. I think it's a fantastic matchup, whatever way you want to look at it. But I'm still going to probably just continue to play Terrence Mann at 5,100. I don't see how I can get around it at this point as long as he's playing the minutes. I don't care. He's coming off of a down game against Phoenix. Everybody has down games against Phoenix. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but this dude has been just absorbing a lot of usage. He looks fantastic when he's playing. Very good shooter. Finishes around the rim very well. Very involved with this offense. So Terrence Mann will easily be my number one option on this side of the ball. Uh, I don't mind looking at a guy like Markeith Morris, which 6,200 shot attempts have been there over the past four games. Lowest he's had is 13. The game was 17, 18, and 16 as well. Doesn't do much outside of scoring at this point, which is weird because early on in the year he was contributing in so many different ways. But as long as he's shooting that many times, I can have interest in him. I'll stay away from Zubats. I'll stay away from this whole point forward wing rotation between you know Batum and Covington. and I mean, they're all low enough prices to be considered, but... I don't have confidence in them, and I don't think I need to really dip down that that much. I only see myself really spending up on one guy at most. I'm not going to go complete stars and scrubs or something like that on this slate. So for the most part, it's probably going to be Mann and Morris, but I wouldn't fault if you 
pretty much wanted to go against anybody in this match because Houston is just bad and plays so fast. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with everything you said. I am in on Reggie Jackson on the matchup. He said it's just, he has the shot attempts. And hey, as far as fantasy is concerned, as long as you're punting field goal percentage, he's an excellent pick otherwise. So the teams that I have in which uh, that has been my build, it's worked out well for me. I'm, I'm punting players in our league right now. You're in, you're in a league. With <laughs> so the am I. Oh, man. I've, at this point, I've given <laughs> up. Everyone is sending me trade offers left and right for everything. And at this point, I'd be like, can I take picks for next year? Then I'll actually talk about this. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm just going to be sitting I out. Think, I think we should we should take a moment and just combine real quick for our listeners just who we have hurt on both of our teams. I think I think we can literally construct an entire fantasy team. Uh, probably all these guys going within the first six to seven rounds of a draft. <laughs> Or on our teams. I know I got, I, I mean, I'm starting with Brogdon. I got, you know, James Harden. There's a big one for you. Uh, Tyler Hero. Uh, he's another nice, solid guy. I took late and, you know, been doing extremely well for me. Oh, Kristaps Porzingis. Anthony Edwards played tonight, but Lord knows I wouldn't be able to tell by his O of A shooting. Uh, Shea Gilders Alexander. Um, stupid me thought that, yeah, you know, I'll make playoffs. I'll have Jamal Murray when I come back. Uh, that's been sitting there at my IR all season and being too stubborn to drop him. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing great over there. Yeah, right behind you. I already had to get rid of Dame for my roster. Pretty much gone for this year. Lonzo's out. Miles Turner's out. Kevin Porter's out at the moment. Uh, Markkinen's out. And yeah, pretty much at this point, I have uh, given up on... I was sitting at like solidly in second place for this good part of the season. And then I'm on like a seven-game losing streak since all these guys went to my uh, hospital ward, which is now my team's name as well. So at this point, we're just... Taking them as they come and just uh, grabbing each and every L that I get now. Oh, I take them, taking them right off the chin, as we say yep. over here, man. Yep. They can take it right off the chin. Uh, well, that wraps up everything. So now we will dive right into our player tier segment. I will let you lead off, my friend. Give me your expensive tier player. Yeah, much as we said, I think there's a lot of like legitimate options here in which you can kind of go and build up your team. But I am going to go ahead and say that LaMelo at 9,400 is still going to be my overall guy that I like. Just purely from under under 10,000, he's got the upside to be able to have a monster game. Yes, Miami's not always the greatest matchup, but given who Miami's going to have out, given the entire game total that we're likely seeing, and given the fact that Charlotte is at home, I feel pretty good going ahead with uh, LaMelo Ball in this matchup. I will go. I was thinking Giannis, but that's just a gimme. Um, I think everybody knows that you know playing a guy that is a two-time MVP, he's going to be good. Uh, I'm going to go with Bam Adebayo, though. I really love him in this matchup. He's crushed them twice already this season. He's averaging almost 54 DK points, 53.6 against them this season. So 8,400 is a little too cheap given the matchup, especially if we see you know Jimmy Butler sit. Tyler Hero is already ruled out. Yeah, they're going to need him. Uh, he's going to be very involved. I expect him to crush. And don't be surprised if I actually get to him in our Thrive Fantasy picks as well. Uh, I will pass it over to you for the wonderful mid-tier section. Yeah, and I think mid-tier, much as we spoke about, or much as I spoke about, the Bridges and uh, Ingram dilemma as far as I'm concerned. I think Ingram's too underpriced, but I do think Bridges has that upside. I know it's kind of... Uh, a uh, gimme to be like hey if i'm taking lamello i think it's gonna be bridges doing well as well so it's one of those where i like taking them together in a lot of my lineups and i think i'm gonna stick with that and stay on brand and say bridges is my mid-tier guy for today as well right i can't blame you um you know i could stay on brand and go kyle lauer here too if you want to do you want to play that game we'll just keep staying on brand <laughs> uh I, as much as i do like lauer i i think that just looking at some of these lower five guys we're going to need at least probably two guys maybe even three of them in a lot of our lineups between these brooklyn and washington guys uh but i'm not going to mention one of them i'm going to go with 
uh, Terrence Mann at 5,100 against Houston. Up-paced matchup, just a very poor defense. He's going to be able to run all over these guys. Dual eligibility at 5,100 for the usage he's been getting and playmaking ability he has. I, I think he's a rock-solid option. A lot of good mid-tier guys, though. You said it perfectly. Uh, and then your value play. Who are you yeah. looking at? And as much as there are great mid-tier guys, there are lots of great value plays as well. And you know, we spoke about those four that are there in Washington that make up all of them very solid, but I think I'm going to go ahead and stay all together with Sangoon on the Houston side at 4,500, in which uh, a matchup he's going to get an opportunity to start. He's not going to have to go up against Rudy Gobert. He's going to get a little bit more as far as uh, game total is concerned as well. I expect it to also be somewhat closer than that near 30-point blowout that we got in the Utah side. So altogether, I see this as a good comeback matchup for him. Sangoon at 4,500, sign me up. I'll stay on that Houston side then as well, Harris. Uh, I will go with Dennis Schroeder. I think at 44, I just can't can't ignore him at that price tag. You know, the only reason he's down that low is because the minutes are down. But if Kevin Porter Jr. happens to sit again, which it looks like he's most likely to, according to you, he's already been ruled out. I'm not saying you're a liar. I just haven't seen it. Uh, so I am going to trust you on that. And I think everybody should trust you on that. You're very on top of your stuff. So 4,400. Drawing another start, most likely playing anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes. Um, sign me up. I think that he's going to be extremely chalky, and for good reasons. At 4,400, play both these Houston guys. Why not? I mean, especially because Sangut has that power forward eligibility, which is huge. And then we will slide over to our Thrive Picks of the Night. Lead it off, my friend. Yeah, I and mean, you know what? Usually these Thrive Fantasy Picks have been pretty uh... – tough for me to be able to say but tonight there's actually a couple where i'm like no this, these look like stuff that i would like to go on first and foremost i think uh, seth curry 18.5 points and assists that's an incredibly easy over as far as i'm concerned uh, he'll probably get that just in real points so that gives uh, a lot of uh, upside to be able to go and move on for that and then secondly bam Adebayo at 11 and a half rebounds uh, against the uh, Charlotte Hornets. I'm going to say, you know, just as a nice bonus, that is going to be a number that he's going to absolutely smash. Usually Jimmy Butler is there to be able to grab seven to eight rebounds out of it. So if he's not there, the primary rebounder is going to be purely Bam Adebayo, and I expect a big rebounding game from him. You're a terrible person, you know that? Very much you're so. Absolutely, you're absolutely <laughs> terrible. I I even set up my BAM pick. Don't be surprised if he's my Thrive pick. Well, now he can't be because Harris yes. just wanted to snake yes. him right from me. Uh, yeah, that was my favorite Thrive pick of the night, man. 110 points over 11 and a half. I was, I was all over that. But now I'm sitting here, uh, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just go to my backup if he happens to, you know, just want to snake me. And he took with the backup, which is the easy Seth Curry. So now I'm sitting here scrambling, stalling for time as I'm going through, trying to find, a, you know, other ones that I do like. <laughs> Would you like and me to help you, you out on what? No, no, you did this to me. I don't want your help. You already did this to me. Uh, there's no taking it back. So, uh I mean, there's the Kyle Lowry at 13 and a half points. It's only going to get you 95, but I think that's just a Sherlock too with no Butler and no hero. Uh, there should be no reason why he can't hit 13 and a half points going against a Charlotte team with a poor defense and up pace tempo allows a lot of points from deep. We know Kyle Lowry. I, I would expect him to take at least six three pointers in this game, just knowing how porous that defense is at protect that three point line. So we'll go with the underwhelming Kyle Lowry. Not my favorite Bam out of bio pick because Harris, Harris <laughs> just. Just did that to me, but I'll throw a nice bonus on that. Tyrese Maxey under four and a half assists as well. Hundred points there. Okay, that was going to be my other one. Waited, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was a good show, man. I appreciate you snaking me at the end. But uh, as always, guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to us. We do appreciate it. Hope everybody does have a fantastic All Star break and gets to enjoy the festivities. Looks like we'll probably have a pretty exciting dunk contest and three point contest this year. 
Uh, All-Star Game always sucks. No one ever cares about it. It's just whatever. Uh, but follow us on Twitter, at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And you can follow Harris at H-A-K underscore devil. That is H-A-K underscore D-E-V-I-L. And then give us a thumbs up, five-star rate and review. Subscribe wherever you are listening to it. Get that notification right when we release the podcast. It means the world to us. We do appreciate it, as always. Enjoy that all-star break. And if you are one of those degenerates who are going to play the all-star game, play Giannis. He's like the only dude that ever tries in it and really tries hard. Uh, he, he goes out there every single year <laughs> and just leads the all-star game. So don't make that mistake. Just play Giannis. Uh, I probably will do one lineup just because I'm a degenerate as well. I'm not going to go crazy. Uh, do you ever play those ones, Harris? Uh, not in DFS, but I did find myself playing like like the money line on some of them. Like the year that Anthony Davis hit the free throw to uh, finally finish the game off for Team LeBron in that 24-point quarter. Uh, they had gotten quite a bit behind on the money line, and that's when I jumped in on them. I'm like, they're not losing this game. That one worked out well for me. But by and large, as you said, I, I just like to sit back and enjoy the All-Star festivities. I, I do like the entire change as far as uh, as far as the events are concerned. So actually, I, I was going to ask you before we go out, do you have any... Any picks in terms of who you think is going to win? Like a three-point contest, dunk contest? So I'm going to go ahead and say that Jalen Green is going to be the one to win the dunk contest. I'm saying Desmond Bain is the one that's going to go ahead and win the three-point contest. And then in the uh, in the skills challenge where they've kind of got three teams, I'm uh, picking the the uh, rooks to be able to do it. I think those are all really rock-solid picks. I, I did like Jalen Green for the dunk contest. I want to see the Antetokounmpo brothers win the skill contest just because that's cool. <laughs> uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hat on that. Three-point contest. That's just like a complete toss-up. Um, I love Bain. I think Bain's an excellent shooter. I'm going to ride that pick with you, man. I, I, I think just it's always the guy that's usually just a sleeper. Even all the years Steph Curry's been in it. Uh, it just comes down to who's got the stroke. And a lot of times it just comes down to the rhythm. Um, a lot of these guys that are fantastic shooters aren't as great of shooters at just taking the ball off the rack. And that's the biggest key when you're doing the three-point contest and watching it. And, you know, everyone's a great catch-and-shoot shooter. Don't get me wrong, when you're, especially all the guys that are in this contest. But it's pulling it off the rack and keeping the rhythm going uh, that ends up being the challenge. And for some reason, I feel like Bain, just having no experience in, in doing a three-point contest and doing having anything to do with this, he's got a really good shot at it. So I'll, I'll ride with two out of your three picks because I, I do think Green's going to end up taking this down. Uh, the dude is, can jump out of the gym. He's a freakish athletic uh, I felt like he's been probably practicing for this his entire life. <laughs> yeah, and uh, for those who are following NBA Top Shot as well, I don't know if you're into that as well, but he is supposed to be doing a collaboration with them for this dunk contest. I'm As a Top Shot degenerate, I'm looking forward to see what that actually means because you could get even more uh, advertisement and users in on that platform, and that's that's all you need for it to keep growing, man. Yeah, you are a Top Shot guy. I got in on it early. I, I just like my cardboard that sits in my closet a little bit more, man. I'm a, I'm a big card junkie. Uh, make a night out of it. When I when I buy those Top Shop packs, it just, it just went too quick. And I want more, and then I can't get more for a while. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I didn't like that wait, wait, you know, wait in line approach, which, uh, granted, I guess that's that's part of it. And that's what keeps it, you know, the value up on them is that you can't just keep going back to the store and buying more. And it's probably good for a lot of people's wallets because if I could, who knows how much I'd be invested at this point. Sure. But <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say a bad thing about it though because it's good for the sport. I think it's good for fans. It's good for people that aren't just maybe casual NBA fans who, you know, want to get a little bit more involved, learn some new players, and get more involved in the NBA in general. Uh, maybe I'll buy a pack. 
Now I'm thinking about it. I'm interested a little bit, man. You got me Jones in. Hey, man, there's there's a drop tomorrow. In fact, look at you. you. How much yeah, are they paying you? <laughs> I wish. I wish. Yeah, if Top Shot are listening to this, I'm more than happy to go take a paycheck from you guys. Come yeah. on, come on down. But yeah, no, they have the uh, second release of the uh, I guess the All Star Pack, so it's going to be uh, a bunch of like really cool like old school ones. They're releasing the Vince Carter Legendary. Like it's it's messed up a lot of like Toronto sees like team holders because it's going to only be like 50 mints for that one so it's totally messed around with a lot of people who had the full team set but as as a fan i'm just so excited for it to be able to finally have a vince carter in toronto moment that i could not that i expect to get but to just to have on the platform I, I, i'm gonna buy it back just in the hopes that i get it and i can keep it away from you i'm, gonna, I'm gonna hold it from you I'll, I'll charge you an arm and a leg for it when i get it but uh, that's maybe a little bit maybe I'm maybe sure. maybe we'll find out uh but thank you guys all for listening take care enjoy the all-star break have some fun spend some time watching the games some contests with your family friends whatever you like to do and just stay safe i mean i get rowdy during the all-star break but i stay home Uh, And that is all. We are signing off. Let's go win some money.